My name's Gary, Gary Jackets. Uh, I'm in Essex in England, which is uh, 30 miles outside of London. Um, I work for the police service in, es in um, Hertfordshire. Uh, I'm a de detective in what um, you guys in America would call the Vice Squad. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I, I packed up policing five years ago uh, and I got dragged back into it when, uh, when COVID hit. Oh, awesome. And um, I hear you're quite the comedian as well. Well, yeah, I've got a little part-time uh, uh, business that I've had now for 30 years. Um, I book and run events for uh, comedians uh, in my hometown. Awesome. That sounds super fun. Sounds like a good balance there of uh, seriousness, yeah. but then also enjoying <laughs> life. And as I said earlier, you have to excuse me if I start spluttering. That's <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Um, let's just jump right into it. You've done Grand to Grand a few times now. So how did you get involved with Grand to Grand and um, how many times yeah. have you done it? Why do you keep coming back? um right so 2013 i was i always have to have um, a goal in mind um uh, otherwise training just doesn't happen for me i have to have something in the pipeline and uh sometime in 2013 uh like a lot of people i saw a youtube clip of um grand to grand and uh <coughs> and then uh before i knew it i'd press the enter button for 2014 um started chatting online with um, a group of um, some some more English people. I didn't know any of them at the time. Uh, we all realised that we all lived in and around the London area, excuse me, and we decided to meet up uh, on a place called Box Hill, which uh, is quite a famous little um, area in, in uh, England because it's incredibly hilly. It's not a hill. Trust me, it's a mountain. They should call it Box Mountain. Um, and we uh, we all met up there one, I think it was Sunday afternoon, uh, including Tess. Tess came along as well. And, uh, yeah, we started a little club called the Box Hillers. Um, and we all did uh, G2G 2014. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's where it all started. That's awesome. It's it's fun to to hear these stories of people that have either connected before Grand to Grand or after Grand to Grand and continue to stay friends because it is all about community. Yeah, yeah, we've all stayed friends ever since. We do races together to, still to this day. Yeah, it's super fun. I guess when you spend a, a week out in the desert suffering and having fun, you uh, you grow pretty close to people. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that um, attracts people to G to G. You know, I, I, my. Um, uh, I, once I do a race, I only do it once, unless I DNF, um, which I've, I mean, I've done 129 ultras, so there's been a few DNFs in there, um, and I'll only, I only go back um, if I DNF. I think G2G is the only multi-day race I've done more than once. I've been back and finished it four times. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing joke. Uh, there's an old bloke. You've, I don't think you've um, interviewed. I mean, you might have interviewed him already, uh, Vincent from Trail Toes. Um, he's incredibly old, incredibly slow. He, he waffles on all day about how he's going to kick my ass. He never does. Um, every time he goes back, I have to go back and try and keep up with him. I think he's finished it five or six times. Um, and I've told him I'm younger than him. Um, eventually, he will drop dead uh, and I will catch him up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way to win, right? You just uh, yeah. win based off biology. <laughs> And yeah, um, I say it's, there are so many reasons why I go back year um, time and time again. Uh, I've made loads of great friends um, who who have done the race, but also the um, uh, volunteers, uh, the organisers, the people in Canab itself. It's just you know, it's a fantastic place. Yeah, exactly. I think the volunteers and all the people really just 
just make the event like yeah it is fun to go run through the desert and it's beautiful but just the relationships you make with people and spending that time together is just you can't really put a price tag on that yeah have you spoken to vince yet no we're um we're gonna talk soon i'm excited to speak with him i think it'll be oh fun. yeah he'll probably he'll probably have a dig at me as well don't worry <laughs> i'll pull it out of him and make sure he makes fun of you <laughs> Let's talk about um, what I, I don't know. I like to call type two fun, where you go out and do something that that is a little painful, maybe really hard, but it's also really enjoyable. And I would consider ultra running type two fun, where it is fun yeah. to get out and see things. But at a certain point, it is it can be very hard and painful, but it's also really enjoyable. So, like, what are your thoughts about that? Like doing things that are challenging but also really fun. Yeah, I mean, gone in my days. I mean, I've been doing uh, uh, ultras and, and marathons for. 40, uh, 40-odd years. Um, yeah, yeah, well, 39 years. Um, gone in my days of been doing, able to do, you know, 320, 325 marathons. Now I'm, I'm just happy to finish alive. Um, so, you know, to me, um, it, it's all about the camaraderie, uh, uh, taking part and uh, seeing some amazing sights around the world and, and you know, just having fun. I, I, I'm just in it to finish now. Yeah, I think that's like a really important part because I think especially when we're younger, we get all wrapped up. Like I want to like PR everything or run really fast or do this or that or prove something to the world. But really, it's like, I don't know, just go out and have a good time out in the desert with friends and challenge yourself for sure. But also, like I don't know, really appreciate where you are and who you are with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I did it in 2000 and um, my God, what year we're now? I think it was 22. Yeah, 20, 2022. Um we were coming to the end of, I don't think it was the last day, but the um, penultimate day. And uh, Colin pulled alongside me in his um, fancy truck uh, and started asking me, um, what do I focus on? How, how do I keep going? Um, and at the time, I was so knackered, I don't even remember what I answered, actually. Um, but it's, yeah, just just to finish. Um uh, and what I do is, is I focus on the person in front of me and, uh, yeah, just keep going. The DNF is not an option. Yeah, I like that. I guess, how many um, ultras have you done? You said 140? 129. 129, that's quite a few. Um, yeah, um, I think it's 11 multi-day races. Um, I've done three Ironmen, um, a six-day race, a four-day race, 48-hour um, track races. Um, yeah, I just like to push myself. Yeah, why why do you enjoy the the process of challenging yourself like that? Because it it is like it's it's a lot of like time of your life, right? To spend all the time yeah. training and then going to races and, and everything. Yeah. So like, why? why terrible, you... I'm, I'm I'm a stubborn old git. Um, uh, before my first Ironman, uh, my partner at the time, uh, well, no, I was watching an Ironman in Lanzarote, and I, I was just blown away by it, and. Um, I said to my partner, I said, I'm going to do that. Uh, she said, what do you mean you're going to do that? You can't swim. I said, that's not a problem. Um, six months later, having not been able to swim 50 meters, um, I finished my first Ironman. Don't ever tell me I can't do something because I will. I think Vince just texted me and told me that you can't complete another grand to grand. Has <laughs> uh, he really? No. <laughs> No, I think that is fun, though, to push yourself out of your comfort zone and do something. And a lot of people that run grand to grand are that way, where they've maybe never done an ultra marathon or maybe not so many back to back, essentially. 
Mm. And it is, it's fun to challenge yourself because you learn a lot about yourself personally, but then also other people and just how the world works. And it's, it's really motivating. G2G is doable. Anyone can do it. I don't care what they say. Um, if, if, you, if you can run a marathon or a half marathon, if you prepare properly, and G2G is all that knowledge. It, 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 it's, uh, as people say, it's 90% mental and 10% mental. It's it's not about running. It It's a, when I did my first one, I must have annoyed the hell out, not for my first G2G, but my first um, multi-day ultra in the desert, which was uh, um, in Morocco. <coughs> I must have annoyed the hell out of everyone because I must have asked a thousand questions because you just don't, if you've never done it before, where do you start? You just don't know. Yeah, that's very true. And it's so different than, say, running like a road marathon or something where it's relatively catered where there's aid stations the whole time. You're in a very controlled environment. There's no traffic. Everything's just kind of laid out for you. But at Grand to Grand, especially with the self-supported, it's you get to plan all those things out, planning your nutrition for the week and your foot care and skin care and sleeping and all these different things. And that is a lot of information and a lot of planning and, and testing and training. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it is. It's just prep, prep, prep. Um, you see people the first time they go and they've got like um, um, like everything but the kitchen sink and a fridge on their back. Um, um, this, I'm not going to mention their names, but some guys um, who I did it with in, I think it was 16, um, we tipped their bags out um, before the race to see what they were taking. I mean, they had spare trainers, they had six tops, they had like three works, three weeks worth of food. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just knowledge. It's all it is. Knowledge and prep. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we talked about this in other podcasts previously, but um, the whole like kind of testing your gear out and training can make a big difference. And yeah. kind of learning to, to be okay with being a little dirty because obviously during Grand to Grand, you're not taking showers and it's a dusty, dry, hot environment. You kind of have to learn to be okay being a little grungy and a little dirty. And that's part of the fun, in my opinion, is you can go out mm. and just kind of live naturally for, for a week and not have to worry about how bad you smell. Yeah, I, mean, I get that. I mean, some people just can't do that, you know. They, they, they have to have a hotel and a shower at the end of every night. That's, that's There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if you want to do G to G, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Actually, I have a friend, a really close friend of mine, and, and he's funny because he works out a couple times a day, whether that's running or um, or going to the gym or something. And he always tells me, he's like, yeah, I like to shower multiple times a day because he likes to feel clean. Then he'll go out and do multiple day running events. And I'm like, how, how do you balance that of, uh, of showering multiple times a day in normal life? And then you go out in these multi-day events and you don't shower for three or four days. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. But I think it is, like, like you were saying, grand to grand is attainable for most people. And you just got to get yourself in the right headspace and prepare properly. And you're able to finish it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's doable. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about training because with all the ultras that you've done, the multi-day races and Ironmans and stuff, um, it's a lot of time training, a lot of time out on the pavement or out on the trails doing things. And so how do you, I don't know, not get burned out because a lot of people, I think, take training very seriously, which can be good, but it can also be really bad because if you're just very serious about your training, it's like it stops being fun and it's almost like another chore, another thing on your to-do list. So how do you keep it fun and enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, I've been through that stage when I was doing marathons at a decent pace. You know, it was literally six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, now, because of my job, 
that's never going to happen. Some days I can go to work at 6 a.m. Um, and think, yeah, today I'm going to finish at 3 p.m. Uh, and I've got my gym kit in the car and I'm going to go for a run on the, in the, on the treadmill at work. Um, 16 hours later, I'm still at work sitting at my desk because we've got a, we've got a, a prisoner, um, you know, even 24 hour shifts. Um, and so, you know, my training is horrific at sometimes. Um, and, and I, it's very, very difficult for me to plan. Um, and now it's a case of quantity rather, sorry, quality rather than quantity. Um, I just try and make sure that I do one long run a week. Um, and, and if I don't train at all for the rest of the week, so be it. Um, you know, once you get to 59, 60, um, the body can't take 16 hour days at work um, and training. Yeah, that is something I think is just realistic about training for these bigger events is like most of us have like a real job, like we're not getting paid to go out and run. So it's mm. like, how do we find that work-life balance and also go out and, like, I don't know, go do a race? Because it's, it's yeah. a lot of time and effort and everything. And if you push too many things aside and only focus on running, that balance kind of goes away. The, the, the funny thing is, is I, um, I can do a 16-hour shift at work and still be fine and dandy. And some of the youngsters are sitting there blowing out their backsides. Um, moaning that they've done a 10-hour shift and they're tired. And I'm looking and thinking, well, I ran a marathon yesterday and I'm at work today and I'm doing 16 hours. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a, a kind of showing the young bucks what's up. Yeah. Yeah, but how do you, like, personally, do you keep, a, like, keep your training fun? Like, do you, like, make it kind of gamey and just, like, make a game out of it? Or do you just know you have to do it so you go out and do it? What do you do? Um, I try and enter um, in in the UK. There is a lot, a hell of a lot of uh, really low key um, marathons. There'll, there'll be midweek, um, and and there'll be twenty, thirty, forty people. Um, so I try and and enter a race um, as a training exercise, to just to purely make me do it. Um, and I find that much more fun than going out and doing three, four hours along this local seafront on my own yeah i would agree with that like and like you were saying too like setting a goal like whether it's a marathon that's once a month or whatever it like helps keep me on track personally with my training versus having a goal say five months away and then um what's the word like just cramming all the training in at the end of the <laughs> end of the cycle and then it's like okay two weeks before the race i'm finally gonna do a long run i'm gonna have a terrible yeah. race but having like smaller goals on the way to a larger goal can be very beneficial for most people yeah yeah i, I just um i listen to um uh, a lot of comedy podcasts um in the years and to be quite honest it's the only time i get to actually sit and well run and listen to them so that keeps me keeps me occupied yeah i do that a lot too especially just on long days where a lot of people listen to music and it's like yeah it's fun for a minute but like like a good long podcast whether it's just funny educational or whatever it can be a good way to like break up the time because I think at a certain point it's like you're out there for four or five hours or whatever. That's a lot of time to be outside and just listening yeah. to music the entire time. Like you can get really monotonous, but like either maybe even having a friend of there or something with you too can be fun. You can just chat about stuff yeah. in the miles and, and time really goes by fast. Yeah. I mean, up until oh, three years ago, I had a dog that was just a great runner um, and he used to come with me. Um, he'd quite easily plod along for 20 miles. Um, and that, yeah, because that, that, that made it fun. Um, yeah, it's 
sometimes though I even found myself talking to him as if he was a human which I think is just a bit crazy <laughs> you say that's crazy but I would, I would say running ultra marathons is a little crazy too yeah true <laughs> especially multi-day stage races <laughs> no, um, the other day my, my brother's girlfriend actually texted me and she wanted to get into trail running and I think she was a little um, little nervous about it Mm-hmm. Because she just kind of follows like okay road running where it's very competitive and serious all the time where people are going to go out and run like say Boston Marathon or London Marathon or whatever like they they're very serious about their training and track their numbers and it's like <laughs> go run fast it seems like all the time but I think what I and what I told her about trail running is like go out there and just have a good time like she lives in Las Vegas and it's a city but there are trails and mountains nearby and I told her just to go out and like maybe run for a couple minutes and hike and look at things and just like run a little bit again, like whatever, just go out there and have a good time. And that's mm-hmm. the most important part, especially when you're starting out is to make sure you actually enjoy it. And like, I think a lot of people get turned off on running because they just go and like, I go hammer on the treadmill or I go out and run the roads. And like, those things aren't that enjoyable in my opinion, but no. actually going outside and seeing things and just enjoying the time out there versus worrying about the, the mileage or the time on your watch is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky in that behind our house, uh, the, the next block down, we've got a, a very large forest, um, so I can go there, and then I can go half a mile the other way, uh, and I'm on the local seafront, um, so I've got two good running routes. That is pretty fun. It sounds like you have some variety there. Like one day you want to just go run on the beach and look at the ocean yeah. or hear the ocean you can, or you can go out in the forest and, and do your thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, the only problem from where I live uh, is probably the flattest place in the UK. Uh, a street curb is considered a hill <laughs> yeah how how do you train for vert because like where i live i'm pretty fortunate where we have mountains and stuff and flat but like if it's really flat where you are how do you train for something like grand to grand which is at elevation and sandy and has some climbing yeah well that's why um we started meeting at that place called box hill i mean it's a good two-hour drive for me but um th- there is plenty of places for me to do hill climbing um and very good hills, but it's a fair old drive. Um, and the biggest problem for UK entrants, uh, in my opinion, is um, getting used to the um, altitude at G2G. You don't realize even in Canab, you're at altitude. Um, and, and that was the biggest um, shock. The first time I did it, uh, three, I think it was three days before the race, um, a couple of us um, put our backpacks on and thought we'll go for a little jog up to the top of, I think it's called Kay Hill. I mean, Tess might correct me, mm-hmm. um, it, but it's behind Canab. It's like a, um, a hilly range with a big K on the top. Um, and it's tradition that you go and run to the top of that. Um, we got about 400 yards and had to have a sit down. I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. We're, in, we're just about to run 175 miles um, for six days in uh, a mountainous area. Um, we haven't even got a full backpack on. Um, we've got 400 yards and we're laying on the floor. This is not right. <laughs> and uh, it was only then that, I mean, no one told me. I didn't have a clue, I, you know, that Canab was at um, altitude. And it takes a good two, three, four days to acclimatise to it. So if any English runners doing G2G for the first time are listening to this, get there Monday, Tuesday. Don't leave it till Thursday because it will bite you on the arse. Yeah, that's a really good advice. Um, like at Kanab is what four thousand feet, which is what maybe a thousand fifteen hundred meters or something. Yeah. And when you're living at sea level, like that's a big difference. And then plus, like the final stages of Grand to Grand are up a lot higher as well. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was the that's, that's the biggest advice I can give any UK runners. Yeah, and I, I guess like speaking specifically about the UK, like not that I'm an expert by any means on on where you live, but it's a lot a lot more wet and and cooler and cloudy. Where at Grand to Grand, like for the most part, you're pretty exposed out there. <laughs> and the air is really dry like there's almost yeah. no humidity out there unless it's raining mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, uh the good thing is is uh g to g's at the end of the british summer okay the british summer is not that great i mean it's the only place in the world where you can have four seasons in one afternoon and you know, one day um <laughs> but yeah uh i i di i personally didn't find even though i, I burnt myself to pieces on two occasions i think um i, I don't mind the heat to me the hotter the better um it, that's not an issue for me it's this is climatizing to the the altitude <laughs> yeah so uh, oh go ahead like go on sorry oh, i was just gonna say like besides um arriving early do you have any other tips for dealing with altitude um no i don't think so uh, I, I um i mean uh oh, it, we got told off because we started experimenting with some t some tablets we bought at the supermarket that apparently help against altitude sickness. We got um, Garth Reader, the um, commander in chief of G to G, um, or as he always says, follow the rules. Um, he he said that wasn't advisable, so um, we stopped doing that. It's just just get there as soon as you can and 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 go and practice walk even walking up that hill, K Hill. Yeah, I think the like just going and testing things out is really good advice because as you go up in altitude, like your pace is going to change a little bit, and like maybe just because you could run a certain pace back home at sea level, it's going to change drastically when you're at elevation <laughs> or when you're carrying a pack, and then also dealing with the dry air as well. Uh, and the other thing people need to do, and I'm I'm, I'm teach people to suck eggs, but is practice walking because I don't care who you are, you will walk. Um, so yeah, practice with the kit you're wearing in g to g walking um be it speed walking you know you because you, you're going to be doing some walking you need to practice it um you see people that think they're going to do the first day in three and a half hours you're not you're going to do it in eight hours yeah let's talk a little bit more about that like the the specificity there because like there is a lot of walking and a lot of hiking when you're going up these mountains and stuff it's just because you can run like whatever hill um, without a pack on you're going to add 20 pounds to your back like that's that's yeah. a lot of weight there and also a lot of people are using poles so like practicing with your poles and everything i think would be be very beneficial for something like this yeah um i am the big everyone will tell you and they all take the mickey out of me i detest poles i am the king of no poles there is a guy that organises races in England. They're really, really tough races, absurdly tough. Hardly anyone ever finishes his races. Um, <coughs> but he doesn't allow poles. No poles. Um, and, um, yeah, if you're going to use poles, practice with them. Don't take them for the first time on G2G. Um, you, you, you've got to practice with them. Uh, I, just, I just don't like them. I find them a hindrance. Um, and, yeah, it's just one more thing to worry about carrying. Yeah, so thinking about gear and what you're carrying, um, and earlier we were talking about like the stuff that people brought that was a little over the top, like, stuff that was not really necessary. But did you have a big learning curve when you were packing your bag and getting ready for the race? Um, <coughs> not really, because I mean, G2G was not my first multi-day ultra. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember when was my first one. Nineteen ninety-six. 
So, um, and in those days, you didn't have to enter um, a year in advance. You used to enter about a week before the race and just turn up and you'd be there with 30 other people. Um, I can't remember that far back. Um, yeah, it's just wherever you can say, it's all about whatever weight you've got on your back is, is going to bite you on the bum. So just keep the weight down. Um, even if it's, I mean, some people go to extreme, they start cutting corners off of packets, um, cutting things in half. I don't go to that extreme, but yeah, just try and take as little as possible. Um, because all that weight is on your back and the first couple of days it's, it's tough because it is bloody heavy. Yeah, I think at a certain point, there's a lot of diminishing returns. And we've spoken about this on, on prior shows, but like, for example, you could bring a very heavy sleeping bag. You might be really warm at night and very comfortable, but having to haul that around every day for, for a week is not the most enjoyable thing you can do out there. Yeah. I, um, it's funny because if, if I've got a room upstairs where I keep all my kit, uh, I can tell you now, if I went up there now, I'd find rehydrated food packets with my race number on it from 2020. Um, um, I'll probably use those the next time I go. And then the, the time before, I'd have, so every single year I bring stuff back without fail. And I think, why did I take that? I um, <coughs> uh, I've done a lot of experimenting with my food. Um which again, that that is a massive thing for some people. I'm, I'm quite lucky in that um, I've got a strong stomach and I can eat most things, and um, I, I don't find food an issue. But to some people, that's really important. But and again, don't practice with your food at G to G. Do it beforehand. Yeah, what's the old saying? Like, don't try anything new on race day or race yeah, exactly. week. <laughs> yeah, and they say that in a marathon. But trust me, in this, it's ten times more important. Yeah, what what have you learned about um, like food and food packing over the years that you've done Grand to Grand? Um, I've got um, a really sweet tooth, um, so I take loads of little things to add to meals. Um, so I'll, I'll take um, Idaho packet mash, and I'll add um, tomato ketchup sachets to it from McDonald's, um, or bacon bits, or beef jerky. <laughs> or pork scratchings. Um, I, I just try and make the food, believe it or not, try and make it fun because there's nothing worse than getting back to the camp after you've been out there for ten, eight, ten hours. Um, you're tired, you're hungry, um, you're staring at your food and you're thinking, that looks disgusting. But if you don't eat, you probably won't finish the next day. So, yeah, try and make it fun. Yeah, I think that's if that's any takeaway people get from um, us talking right now is that just make it fun, like make it enjoyable because that's what it should be. And like it shouldn't just be like you go out to the desert to suffer for a week. Like, everything, like, yeah, it might be hard, but it should also be really enjoyable. And it goes back to the type two fun thing where maybe in the moment it's a little, maybe a little miserable if it's, it's hot or you're cold or something. But in reality, running is fun. We're all very fortunate to be able to do things like this. Yeah. Oh, damn, excuse me. Uh, yeah, yes, it's just maybe man flu is killing me. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Um, I think the nutrition aspect is is something um, that people should play with a lot in their training, like you were saying. And like maybe like I don't know when you're at home, like maybe don't do this all the time, but 
um, do a dinner of like, say what you might do on race day or race yeah. week, for example, like you're saying, like practice playing with the, the mashed potatoes and adding bacon bits and other things to them and find out what you like and find the proper ratios and then see how that affects you that night and the next day. Yeah. 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 Or, 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 do, or eat a meal, one of those meals after a, a long run. Yeah, that's really good advice to see how your body's going to react to that and how you recover for the next day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, at the end of the day, your 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 body's an engine; it needs fuel. Um, and if you don't eat when you get back to camp, um, it probably won't start the next day. Exactly, you got to give your body the right fuel. Otherwise, you're not gonna you're not gonna accomplish it. And like, it may seem like a, a trivial thing to some people, but when you're out there just relying on your body to to move for a week, you got to fuel it properly. And whether that's recovery um, at night or energy during the day, you got to kind of look mm. at all the bases here. I mean, it's okay for these extreme runners, the so, uh, elite runners that are doing the, the race in 20 hours, 23 hours. You know, us poor sorts, we're out there for 40, 50 hours, um, you know, and it's, it's, it needs fuel. Exactly. And like at a certain point, I think like with like with marathon running or even ultras in general, a lot of people just do a lot of sugar and gels and drink mix and stuff. But when you're out there for a week, you got to have real food on your body. You can't just be eating sugar for the week. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So let's, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, what do you have going on for 2024? Like what are your goals for this year besides not being sick anymore? Yeah. Well, I've done, um, uh, I did a little ultra already last week, hence why I've got this cold. Um, uh, I do a lot of running with going back to 2014. One of the people I met in 2014 was a chap called um, uh, Brett, um, who uh, I've stayed good friends with, uh, and he's my training partner when he can be bothered to get off his ass. Um, and he um, uh, he's adamant that he wanted us to do uh, bad water, salt, and sea. Um, we entered a couple of years ago, but he was injured, so we had to pull out. Uh, we're down to do it again this year. Uh, and that's in April. Um, and then, again, good old works uh, causing me a few problems. So I'm I'm going to try and do um, <coughs> an overseas race uh, in September, October. And it's either going to be G2G uh, or um, a six-day multi-race in Hungary um, or Namibia. I'm not quite sure yet. It's, unfortunately, I've got work commitments that I'm stuck with. And until I know what work is going to let me allow, I can't commit to which one of those three it's going to be. But uh, I need to go back and do G2G. Um, uh, the, Leanne, who you, I, think, I know you've spoken to already, um, uh, she's my running wife. And uh, she uh, we, we, we've done it together twice, and we want to go back and do it together for the third time because uh, the race coincides with my 60th birthday. And uh, actually going back to 2014, I did it in 14 because it was my 50th birthday and uh, my 100th ultra. Um, So I'm I'm being put under pressure to go back and do G2G this year, just do uh, annoy Vince and uh, keep Liang company uh, and celebrate my 60th. So it's it's up in the air at the moment. We'll see. Those all sound like really good reasons to to come out to Canab this September. (laughs) Maybe we'll even make a little birthday cake. The um, it's when you get to my age, it, it, it's it's. I'm not going to lie, it's getting harder now. Um, it's it's not so much doing the races; it's the the training and the recovery. Um, it, it hurts. Yeah, no, that's understandable. 
but yeah. we're still getting out there and doing it, and I think that's really respectable. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, any, any thoughts on you doing it? I've thought about it. I've spoken with Colin a few times about it, and um, maybe one year I will. I want to get Colin out there as well. <laughs> Should we challenge Colin publicly right now on the podcast to do it? Put his megaphone down and his stupid cowboy hat, um, and he can come <laughs> and lay and roll around in cactus. I, I kid you not, right? Every single time, I'm convinced he puts cactuses under my tent. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but um, I've heard that too. <laughs> He's out to get yeah. you. <laughs> he can try. No, I guess that is uh, one of the aspects of, of just stage racing and stuff. As you're sleeping out in the desert and under your tent at night, you're probably going to have some sort of pokey thing, so you got to kind of figure that out, whether it's intentional or not by calling. Yeah, well, it's just no coincidence that every single year there seems to be rocks, boulders, cactus, scorpions, <laughs> spiders, lizards under my tent. I, I'd say that's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, Gary, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Let you get some sleep and stuff, and um, hopefully you get over your cold soon. Yeah, yeah, then good to speak, and I'll see you at the start line. Yeah, we'll see you in September. That's a problem. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> all right gary we'll talk soon thanks again no worries